This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sky Blues Extra podcast with me, Tom Ward. The podcast, as always, is kindly sponsored by the Sky Blue Tavern, which is the official CCFC sports bar. Uh, please be joined this evening by Dave. Good hey, evening. Mate. Yeah, How's it going? good. Yeah, brilliant. brilliant. Yeah, and we've got a debutant this evening in the form of Ross Spence. Um, some of you may have heard Ross on some of the various uh, CCFC Twitter spaces, always uh, chucking in his views, which is, is good to hear. Uh, but yeah, good to have you on, Ross. And yeah, I suppose welcome to the show. Brilliant, mate. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, no worries. And I suppose your your mood must be pretty good after this week's instalment. <laughs> well, yeah, mate. After what we uh, what we spoke about on WhatsApp, uh, we've, you've kindly proven me wrong, haven't you, over this period when I uh, when I said I didn't fancy us for many points. It's kind of uh, they've kind of kind of proved me to eat my words in that instance. They've uh, they've pulled some brilliant results out of the bag recently, haven't they? And I can't can't really fault them to be honest with you. I mean, after selling Dom Hoyum who'd have thought really would have had one of the best defensive records in the league in the start of the season we had where we looked like we couldn't keep a clean sheet to save our lives so it's been a it's been a brilliant sort of period since that that Middlesbrough game when we got that first win really I know we've had obviously a loss and stuff in between but we've been pretty pretty bang on the money even when not playing the greatest we've just been getting results and in this league we all know how how crucial that is so yeah over the moon mate going into this World Cup period now and we can chill out and watch a bit of England yeah exactly we can be disappointed by England now yeah so. <laughs> but yeah no it's, it's, come a, it's definitely come at a funny time I suppose people probably didn't quite expect it to be like this where we were almost like not wanting yeah. the break in a way but we'll get on and talk a bit more about the, the season so far but as usual, we'll go back and look at the Wigan game in the week. Obviously, a brilliant 2-0 win for the Sky Blues at the CBS on Tuesday. Um, and when the team news came out, Ross, I thought it looked like a very strong team, a very strong front line, probably the strongest it's been all season. And the one we've always wanted to see, really, wasn't it? 
Yeah, I mean, that's, I've been I've been sort of looking out for that team for for ages now. I've been wanting to see Vic uh, O'Hare and and Palmer together as a three. I think the way that we sort of play this year, and um, obviously we've we've lost certain players like Marks, and we don't have the, the quickest wing back, so to speak, now. And it's evidently obvious with with Eccles out there. I think a lot of our players more through. The, the interchanging pockets that we can find with your Sheaves, your Hamers, linking with your O'Hare and, and your Palmers. And we and we all know that we like that ball down the side for for our big Swede up front who who does his magic. So uh, when I saw the team, actually, I was I was pretty confident. And I did say, I think if if we play that team, that we would win two or three nil. But I thought it would be a case of where we might blow them away in the first half. But obviously, as we all know, it was it was a frustrating sort of first half. Um, and then onto the second half, we finally got that that goal where Gus obviously shot from the edge of the box, and then it just kind of opened it up from there, really. And it was it was always coming; you could feel it was coming with the crowd and everything. So it was it was a it was a deserved win, to be fair. And obviously capped off by that absolutely unbelievable goal by by Vic at the end, which just shows his his quality at this level. He, he is, if not the best, in one of the top two or three in this division by a country mile, and I think it's evidently obvious by how much people talk about him and stuff at the moment and what we've what we've seen over him over the last few weeks especially when he's he's in this form so yeah I was I was happy with the teammate and obviously happy with the with the result yeah. that followed yeah yeah it was, it was it was a tough evening to, to get going a little bit wasn't it um yeah but Dave obviously back to the, the team news and Bidwell did come back in um Burroughs perhaps would feel a little bit hard done by after a fantastic performance away from home um, or was that kind of one you were expecting to, to sort of take him out the firing line, so to speak? Yeah, I think we spoke, didn't we, travelling up, that when we saw the team news, it's possible that's what Robbins has done. It's also possible that we had sort of bags of pace against us on the Saturday against Watford, and actually that wasn't the case um, against Wigan, and therefore just more of a solid defensive show was needed from Bidwell. Um, and also, yeah, like you say, you don't want to get too many minutes into to people that have just sort of come into the fold. Um, but it's great that we've got squad rotation. And um, yeah, Bidwell wasn't disappointing when he did come back in. So yeah, I thought it was, um, um, you know, absolutely fine by Robbins, kind of expected it. Um, uh, and just goes to show that his, his man management's absolutely on point, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And Ross, that first half, um, I don't know how you felt in the ground, but felt to me like there's a little bit of expectation from the supporters, obviously off the back of a few good results and a great win away at Watford. I think people expected us to come out, kind of batter Wigan. And it obviously took us, like you say, it took us a while to kind of get the win. Um, it felt like there was a bit of expectation around, wasn't there? I think, yeah, this is always a sticky one with Cough fans. I think we get very... Um expectational very very quickly me and my mate who I go to the games with who was saying before although we believe we can beat anyone in this division on our day vice versa goes against us as well a team like Wigan can quite easily turn up like the other night I think we, when we played on a Tuesday game at home I think it might have been the Rotherham game um, and they were or it, I can't remember where they were was it Saturday they played away at um, Swansea were on fire and they were 2-0 up in like the first 40 minutes so I remember I was looking at the score and I thought just shows you how a team that are so down there can literally just go away to a team who, who are playing well and suddenly be tuned up. And I know they drew two all, but that was, that was a good result for them. So it was always going to be 
a difficult game for us to to play really we knew we were going to have a lot of the ball I think that's something that we've not done as much this year is we've got used to having less of the ball but being more productive with it whereas last season if you look at how we played it was all Coventry 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 and just us lacking that final end product whereas this year we've been a little bit more clinical and let teams have the ball a bit but yeah I think definitely with what we spoke about earlier um, the team lineup put that expectation on it a little bit more because obviously having an O'Hare, Palmer and, and Gok trio in there is, is a big expectation, something people had wanted to see for quite a while. So to obviously go in nil-nil and with Palmer missing that chance on half-time as well was obviously a, a bit of frustration. But I'm, I'm hoping that people felt the same way as me as I could. I knew it was kind of coming, if that makes sense, yeah. no matter yeah, what, the, just what the score. Had to be patient, didn't we, and bide our time, really. Yeah. Um, and Dave, obviously, Ross alluded to it, that, that chance for, um, for Casey Palmer just before half-time um, great bit of skill from him as we've seen over the last few weeks and it was close that one and that, that would have obviously uh, settled everyone down a little bit but it wasn't to be. Yeah, no, he did everything right as well. Um, he's a really tricky customer, isn't he? And and in the box, no one could kind of get near him. Um, he sort of, you know, rolled the defender and then sort of had that shot. Um, I think he, he's really shown me and, and everyone really what he can do. And I think he's starting to get into those sort of positions regularly now. We had the one where he scored, um, where again, good feet in the box um, and in the home fixture. Can't even think who it was now, but um, maybe Middlesbrough or something. But Blackpool, um, I think it was. Blackpool, yeah, perfect. It, great, you know, great in the box. Um, and he showed it again with this chance. I just couldn't, couldn't, you know, just couldn't quite put it away. But fantastic feet. Um, really strong and I think that um, he's already showing us what what we can expect really and I'm looking forward to seeing him in the second half of the season yeah big things come from him I think for sure Um, and that second half Ross I mean we've got to talk about Wiggins time wasting I mean I've never seen anything like it in my life you know I mean I'm all for keepers diving on the ball in like the 90th minute to waste a bit of time but on the 55th minute at nil nil I mean that's that's something else isn't it yeah, it's 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 quite a uh, it's quite a habit. There's two kind of habits that teams like to do. First one is they like to get a shooting towards the corner in the first half, and then the second half down the other end. And then the second one is they like to time waste as quick as possible and disrupt our play because they know the minute that we start getting balls into Hamer and Sheaf and down the channels for Gok, they get pinned further and further back, and that's what teams don't like against us. And you've heard managers say it all season. A classic example was Wilder at Middlesbrough when we played against them. He said they'd worked on it all week about how we link up with Gokarez, Godden and players like that and, and, and they try and stop it. But it's it's a common theme, isn't it? Teams like to come, they like to annoy the crowd. We're one of the worst for it. We get, you can hear the stadium when teams do it, people getting out of their seats and going mad. That's what that's what these players want because that transfers onto the pitch then, doesn't it? When we start to get frustrated, we know the players are probably just as frustrated, probably more frustrated than we are knowing the rhythm that they're trying to get going is being disrupted, like you said, with another one, injuries always on the floor as well. Someone just gets a ball hit in the side of their thigh and they seem to be down for five minutes. Then suddenly, magically, they'll be all right and they'll come back on. And it's like, well, that's another five minutes wasted of time. And teams like to try and do that to us, especially at home. I think it's a it's a factor. But I think it, personally, I think that's something we should start doing Um in our away games, I think it's a factor that we need to start doing is being a little bit more savvy in those situations and think teams come and do it to us all the time. We need to start going to away teams and doing that. And in the first half of the season, when I went to a lot of away games, 
we weren't that we were we were quite predictable and naive in situations but i think from seeing your cardiffs your stokes and, and your watfords we're starting to grasp and utilize that side a little bit more and i think people like carl mcfadston he, he has his faults but he's been superb recently and he's one of those players that will be a massive key factor into doing that side of the game really so although it's frustrating for us it is actually something funny enough i'd like to see us do a little bit more to teams and and, and almost do the same as what they do when they come to us yeah yeah for sure and 55 I think- minutes in though yeah. 55 minutes in is just like I think that's yeah. relegation worthy for me like yeah, their whole was... performance on the night for me was they. I wouldn't like to see them in the league next season yeah <laughs> I think I think it was pretty evident that they weren't um, they weren't the happiest I mean obviously I, I go up in block 16 17 area and you could see their fans all game it was just arms being thrown out and there was no they didn't look like they thought they were going to get anything really from the game. I don't really remember any clear-cut chance they had bar that header off the bar that was offside, I think, from Will Keane in the first half. But part bar that, like you said, it was just basically recycle the ball, kick it up the field, we'd regain it, and then just try and time waste and, and take the clock down as much as possible until, unfortunately, obviously for them, we got our opening goal and it just kind of changed the whole game, really. But yeah, I agree. Time wasting after 55 minutes is uh, is relegation worthy, definitely. Yeah. David, it's probably a sign of, of how we were playing, though, because I think we came out pretty quick in the second half and it felt like wave after wave of attack. And I suppose they they kind of, you know, they just needed to break the game up a bit, didn't they? Because we looked like we were really piling on the pressure and then they did have a sort of spell of time wasting. I think, like Ross, I think someone did go off injured or tended to be injured and it did break us up a little bit, didn't it? And then we had to obviously go again. Yeah, I agree. I mean, look, there's different tactics to sort of weather the storm um, and, and that's absolutely what they did. But it was just, I don't know, 55 minutes. Like it, for me, if you're down at the bottom of the league, and you need points, whether that's at home or away, and you need points on the board. To do that, you've got to try and get into a game. You've got to try and have some possession and try and have some shots laying around, you know, diving on the ball and, and that taking longer than 30 seconds. Get, just You're never going to get there. So you kind of, I think you reap what you sow. And, and I think come the end of the season, if that's how they continue to play, I think that's probably what will see them slip down. But we did. We were we were having huge waves of attack, yeah. like you said. Um, and I just think we do do this at times, and we just always need to. It feels like the, the the sort of the presence that we have doesn't always get goals, and I think that we need to sort of try and put some of these games to bed when we do have these um, sort of waves of attacks, because a lot of time we have them, and um, we start games very quick and don't seem to 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 get a goal. Yeah. For sure. Um, and obviously, Mark Robbins did make some subs in the second half um, with Allen and Walker um, coming on for O'Hare and Palmer. Um, Ross, it raised a few eyebrows around me in the ground. Um, but thinking back to it, you know, I suppose we probably needed to go a little bit more direct to that point, didn't we? As good as that front line was, probably quite a few sort of similar players and actually a little bit too intricate. And we just needed to go a bit more direct, didn't we? Yeah, I mean, looking back at it at the time, I was I was a bit baffled when I saw, obviously, I, I was expecting one of the two to go off. Um, I wasn't necessarily expecting 
both of them to go off in terms of O'Hare and Palmer. I was a little bit at, at the start, and I'm, I'm going to be totally honest, I'm not the biggest fan of Tyler Walker. Um, so when when he did come on, I was a little bit like, well, what is he actually going to offer? I know that these aren't getting through them at the minute, but maybe if we bring on Jamie Allen and let leave one of them a bit more forward, his running might actually allow us to stretch them a little bit more and open it up. But obviously, Robbins knows what he's doing at the moment, and uh, it kind of paid dividends. And obviously, Jamie Allen coming on, it, it did did fare farewell really didn't it and I'm, I'm a big critic critic of Alan in terms of his um his distribution and his his in front of in front of goal play so to speak I think all of his other side of the game is is very very good he's a he's a very you know what you get with Jamie Allen type of player I think CJ uh, has mentioned him he's like a Mason Mount type of player you always know you're going to get a seven or eight out of ten um but it's just his his final and product lets him down sometimes but Fair, fair dues to both of them, really. Even Walker was a little bit of a handful when he came on. And like you said, we went a bit more direct and it helped us, really. And, and Gus obviously got into his position, sold that defender for a hot dog and the, the, the deflected shot went in the back of the net and it was uh, it was limbs from there, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. There was there was a little bit of a, a heart and mouth moment. I actually couldn't remember whether it was after the the, the um, goal or not, but there was that uh, Hamer pass back, Dave, if you remember, <laughs> which... <laughs> Was yeah, got everyone and a little bit. Uh, Wilson almost scrambled back. Um, <laughs> I think we've said a lot, haven't we, this season that Gus is um, at times on a different wavelength to some of our players, especially some of the lads that have come perhaps through the training, you know, the, the academy um, and, and a younger lot. But I, I don't think even anyone read that one, to be honest. As, as brilliant as Gus is, I'm not sure that was uh, a part of his brilliance. But yeah, uh, Ben Wilson done well to to make it look less. Uh, less hearts in Mal's moment than it was but um, could have been a bit embarrassing I always think of that Lee Burge one at the Sutton friendly that I went to and I thought <laughs> pre-season and he just got it rolled back to him and let it just go straight into the goal and you thought great this is a real good start to the season if it's is what it's going to be like but um, yeah luckily Wilson had it covered yeah and obviously as you alluded to Ross finally finally got the lead um, fully deserved really obviously it was a deflected goal but We've seen Gus a lot of times get himself into that position. He takes that extra touch and you know exactly what's going to happen. And, you know, it was deflected, but he did everything right and got it on target. And, and that's all you need to do sometimes, isn't it? Yeah, I think the, the one the one criticism I have of him, I mean, if I'm being totally honest, I genuinely do believe he is, he is our best technical player by a country mile in our team. Um, he has let us down this season with obviously his red cards at the start. I was at Millwall and Birmingham for both of them. And I was thinking, come on, mate, you've, you've been in this division nearly three years now. Like you should be, no, you, you're not new. You're not, you're not from the Dutch league anymore. You've played in front of crowds. You played in the division for over two years, like I just said. So I was, I was a bit let down, but since then he, you can see his quality all around the pitch. Like you said, I know sometimes he is on a different wavelength to people, but his overall general quality like you said when he takes those touches and gets it out of his feet when he hits a ball I know that one obviously got deflected but we've seen some of them and that last year when he'd hit them he got so unlucky with a few that like hit the bar but luckily this year obviously he's getting into a bit more sort of forward positions that are allowing him to to shoot and it's one thing that I want to start seeing him do more if that makes sense I'd like him to be the more advanced when we play a three out of him and Alan and Alan to be what sort of the one who drifts wide and sort of sits on the edge a bit more because I feel like he's 
more proactive in front of goal than a Jamie Allen because his ball striking ability, we all know, as soon as he gets out of his feet and he's got a chance, he's, he's going to make the keeper work regardless of whether he scores, hits the post or makes the goalie make a save. And he is more productive in front of goal than, than Allen is nine times out of 10. So yeah, he's, it's something that he's improving on and it was a, it was a deserved goal and it was obviously everyone was kind of looking up at the time thinking oh god it's 75 minutes now please don't tell me this is going to be a frustrating nil nil and it just it just opened it up from there really didn't it and we you could see them they had they had nothing really I wasn't worried about them at all in the slightest to to get an equaliser if I'm honest even when they were putting balls in the box I just thought we'll be okay here and then obviously the second goal was was magic so yeah it was it was a needed goal, but something that yeah. he's done a lot more this season that I'm pleased to see him, him start doing as well. Yeah. And and Dave Walker had a chance to, to kill it off. Um, do you think he should have done better here? Yeah, I think he probably should. I mean, he, he was a bit off balance. It's on his wrong foot. So there's some, there's some cases. It was, I don't know, six, about, it's just by the penalty spot pretty much, wasn't it? Um, so it's about 12 yards out. Um yeah, a bit off balance, but I think really you, you should be at least making the keeper work um, from there, if I'm honest. Um, and if that had gone in, you know, at the time where I agree with Ross, I don't think anything was going to come our way that actually scared us. Um, and Wigan kind of, they did start to play once um, we got the first goal, uh, but I, I didn't really feel threatened at all. But it's always nice to get the second, isn't it? If we could have put it to bed, then then it would have been better. But yeah. And you- Yoks obviously scored some good goals for us over the years, Ross. But is this the <laughs> is this the pick of the bunch so far? For his commentary career. Oh, I think that one was good, but I think a lot of other people underestimate his one against Sunderland as well. That yep. was sheer exactly. quality. That goal. It was. I was. I was at that game as well. And obviously, when you're high up in Sunderland, you can see it from a a different angle. And when he just shifted it out of his feet and just hit it in the bottom corner. I remember, I think it's Don Goodman, the commentator on Sky Sports. I watched it back and he said, mm. that is that is Premier League, sheer class quality striking. He'd done nothing all game and then just did that. So for me, I'd say the Wigan goal was more of an individual, just outstanding goal in terms of his sheer athletic body type that he can he can run through people and the, the calm finish, obviously, as, as well. I think last year he potentially could have actually have missed that one-on-one because he was very rash, whereas this year he seems to have composed himself a little bit more. And I think that might be something he's he's worked on. But I would definitely put the the Sunderland and the Wigan one probably on on par as a tie, but maybe that the Wigan one just edges it a little bit for me, just because of the obviously it was it was just purely down to him, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. He's, he's worked on it. I think it's just the way he runs now just seems to be completely different. Like he used to do a lot where he'd, he'd get himself in, he'd go a bit too wide, or he'd sort of not maybe not even have the confidence that if I just ru- sheer just running, I'll I'll be fine. Yeah. And now he's just like. He just knows if he runs, he's like defenders can't get near him, and Teams they know that terrified. if they touch him, he's it's a pen or a, or a straight red and a free kick, whatever. And he just knows now what he needs. He's to so do. direct as he well. Just runs straight well. at goal. Yeah, he's, do you know what I mean? It's scary, really, for defenders. He's just such he's such havoc for a team. You can literally see when he stood there that they they don't know what to do. They're just constantly passing him around because he moves right to left. And I do think he's better on his own than when he's in a two as well. I think he's better when he's got two people near to him playing off him. He he knows anything going up to him. It's his job, right? Whereas I think that times when he's been with Godden and and actually the game that he was with Walker as well, he kind of then, he started to drop deep to try and pick up the ball. Um, 
and we yeah. were playing long to like Walker. And actually, like then then his game goes out the window. He's better when he isolates a defender wide, um, and then just like you say, cuts in direct and, and goes for goal. But um, the ball that he's such a handful. The ball that we like to look for is that one down the channel where you can see him and he gra- he knows when that pass is coming. It's almost like a light in his eye that just goes bang and he's just gone. And the minute that you can you can even see in away fans, they've seen goals on Twitter of him do it before. The minute that ball goes down the channel and he's standing in one v one, you just the, the defender and the away fans are just thinking, oh no, here we go. <laughs> he's he's going to take him on and score in a minute. And I think sometimes that is part of his game. He could improve. Is there was a chance on on Saturday actually? Sorry to touch on that but that he, he stood up a defender um and he, he just kind of like hit it at the goalie if that makes sense whereas if he was a bit more I prefer him to smash it over the bar in that instance than just hit the goalie I feel like that's more disappointing just letting it trickle to a keeper than it is just busting it over the bar because it feels a bit more wasted in that instance but yeah he's 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 definitely <laughs> an individual quality player and he's saved us a lot this year even with, without O'Hare and Palmer and, and Hamer earlier on in the season he's been the one that's, that's dragged us through games, definitely. Dave, some iconic commentary from, from Clive as well. Yeah, it started well because he didn't call Yoko a sheaf. So it's, it got off to a really good start. Um, and as Yoko has, you know, had the ball and kept on running, I think at first he expected him to be tackled and uh, Clive's voice as it does just went up in decibels. Um the, the nearer he got to the goal. Um, and we said, didn't we? It was very like the Huckabee commentary. Um, and rightly, we'll maybe not in history, but it will go down as a, a, a really huge moment for this season, definitely. And that that commentary will live, um, I think, long in the memory. Um, but yeah, great from Clive. It's nice, it's nice that he actually got a lot of plaudits um yeah. because he's used to just getting, you know, absolutely paths of abuse, to be honest, at times. So um I think it was nice that Clive finally got some plaudits for his um commentary. And he is very excitable. I think he does, you know, sometimes when you listen at home, you don't know if you it sounds like you know, you're about to score and actually it's just been played out of the 16-yard box from a kick in, <laughs> you know, but Hey, it's it's what makes him ours and and special, I think. Yeah, for sure. Um, Ross, who was your man of the match from Tuesday? Uh, to, to be honest, was, there was a lot of players who played um, who played quite well in that game. One, it's it's difficult. I I would say I'd probably go with Vic, but to be honest with you, a close second would actually be Eccles. I thought Eccles played really, really well. Um, it was actually quite funny because in block 16, um, Chris Camwell, who obviously was an academy graduate, he was actually stood behind me and one of my one of my mates who I was with, and, and he knows him quite well. And he was saying the whole game, like, Eccles has never played as a wing back in his entire life, apart from when he's been in the first team. Like even in the 23s, he plays centre midfield. And I think people forget he's literally stepping in to a at the minute top championship team and playing completely out of position. Um and in what I know Wigan haven't got the greatest winger, but James McLean is still a little bit of a handful. And when he's getting booed all game, you know he's going to want to do something in that game. And he's also faced Ishmali Saar for Watford and also Ben Brera and Diaz recently as well. So I think Eccles for me was a, was a close second, but I've got to give it to Vic because he was just a handful all game. And, and that solo goal, I can't not give someone who scores a goal like that man of the match, if I'm being honest. So mm. it, and lucky for Eccles. If it had finished 1-0, I would have given it to Eccles, I think. But because... Because got got that goal, it has to go to him. He was he was superb on the night. Dave, 
difficult one, isn't it? I thought there were so many good performances. Um, I think Fads had a really, really good game. I think he organised us really, really well um, against Wigan. And although they didn't really fret um, as much, um, Hamer always just, you know, box to box. Um, but yeah, I agree, you know, for the for the fact that he, his goal, his wonder goal, I'm going to give it to Jokeres as well, who's, you know, collecting far too many man of matches this season. But um, yeah, the more he gets, the more likely he's to stay, I hope. <laughs> and obviously Liam Richardson got the boot um, after that game, Ross, uh, we seem to have a habit now of uh, of getting managers fired, which probably isn't a bad thing, I suppose. Yeah, it's, it's not a bad thing, is it? I think really it all falls down to the look that we sort of catch them at that time where they're probably sort of one game or so away and then we've just put the final nail in the coffin, so to speak. But yeah, it's uh, it's testament that we've managed to kept, keep our our king for, for so long, as we call him. Um, he we're lucky that all the rubbish that we've been through over the years to have had a manager that's not just him as well. I, I, know, I know from people that I speak to that Vaidash is very key to it and so is Dennis Lawrence to have the core of staff that we have and obviously Robin's leading it. We are very, very lucky to have kept him this long and I think the reason he is genuinely so loyal to us is because he actually does love the fans. There's no other reason for him to be so loyal to anything else because he doesn't have good owners. He'll know that deep down his chief executive and people, they might be nice people, but he knows they're not the greatest of people in terms of what they're doing for the club. The only reason he stays is because he has a group of players that he believues in and he has a good group of fans that are, that are, are in my opinion, a special group of fans that you don't, don't see really anywhere else. We are we are special home and away. Um, and I think he knows that. And Casey Palmer's comments about Coventry you can see it whenever he walks over to the corner he's never experienced fans like this before in his life I don't think he realized how how good it was and when he scored his goal against Blackpool I think it was at home I loved it because he turned around and he started to like tap the badge a little bit and that's when you know that a player is loving where he's playing if that makes sense both in terms of who he's playing with and managed under and also the fans that that support him as well and the love that he receives from fans so yeah I think uh all, all lucky for us, but yeah, we're, we're putting nails in the coffin for people, which isn't a bad thing, really, is it? <laughs> You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. We'll now move on and look back at the QPR game from Saturday. Obviously, another brilliant 2 0 win for the Sky Blues. Uh, it's easy doing the pod when you win both games. <laughs> Makes it a lot um, easier. Yeah. But um, yeah, again, go, just looking at the team news from some Saturday, obviously uh, Doyle came in for the injured Michael Rose. That was kind of expected. Um, and then obviously Allen came back in for Palmer again. No huge surprises there, Dave, on, on that on that team news. No, wasn't disappointed with Palmer on, on the Wigan match, but I think Robbins did sort of not dig him out completely, but he did say that his his performance was not what they thought it would be and maybe just wanted that sort of press from from Alan. And Alan's obviously had a season to remember really. So um and and likewise, you know, if Rose is injured, then Doyle comes in and it's great that we've got that flexibility because Doyle is, you know, he's an absolute sensational player, to be honest. Um so being able to bring him in for Rose um was was great to see as well. Obviously, Kelly on the bench, Ross, which was was brilliant to see as well. I know somewhat, you know, fans sort of questioning his fitness and and how long he'll have left at the club. But I do think he's another body that you know can can play a part this season, even if it's for 10, 20 minutes, whatever, to see out a game. He he could be an important person to have around. 
Yeah, he's not he's not played for a while. It's a weird one with Kelly. I did I did like Kelly. I mean, I know last year he, he looked a bit unfit. I think he came on against Bournemouth at home and we lost 3-0 and he looked really out of sorts in that game. And I did think then, oh, is that his is that his time at the end of the season? But um if he's if he gets up to, to speed now, I think it's Olympiacos have we got in a friendly during the, yeah, the month yeah, of yeah. the if he if he can get some minutes in um in that and he and he can start to do almost like a mini preseason with us for that month that we sort of have off now. Um I was speaking to someone today and, and they were saying, you know, Sheaf's gonna get bookings. I think he's probably one more booking away from being suspended again. Um, he's going to get injuries. So is Hamer. Jamie Allen's going to have to be rested at points and, and you're going to need to, to rotate. So having him in there isn't necessarily a bad thing. You wouldn't want him to be sort of a Hamer or an Allen on the ball all the time. But in terms of his ability to break up play and also be a natural leader from the back with McFadston and a, an old sort of head in there with players like Doyle around him, I think... It's it's definitely not a not a bad thing seeing Kelly back on the bench. I just fingers crossed he can keep fit this time because this did happen before, and then obviously he, he got injured again. So I'm just hoping for his sake now we can keep him fit, and this World Cup is is the break that he needed really, and that he can he can get sort of a stance back in the team a little bit when we when we return against Reading that first Saturday. Yeah, yeah, I think he could definitely definitely play a part this season. Um, and on this game, Dave, we started really, really well, didn't we? Uh, came out of blocks early and, and created some really good chances early in the game. Definitely. It's absolutely the way that we had to start. Um, you know, we had to take all the momentum that we had. We were the informed team, um, let's be honest. We've had some really good performances against Watford, Blackburn, Wigan, and, and going into this, we, we started the way that, we should have, if that makes sense. We wasn't, whereas I think the Burnley fixture, we were a little bit, um, you know, we were happy to let them play. Whereas this game, we took all the momentum from those games and went straight into it. And QPR looked really, to be honest, um, really out of sorts, I thought, um, uh, and and really didn't really know it would hit him. Yeah, and obviously we got the breakthrough pretty early on. Um, some brilliant work from Kalohair down the left to get to the byline and, and sort of use that opportunity and then got it across the box, uh, a questionable assist for, for Jamie Allen. Um, but then Vic just a brilliant, and just Vic now just scoring so many different types of goals, isn't he? You know, he gets the ball, brilliant turn and, and smashes it off the bar into the goal. Um, a great way to start Ross and a brilliant way to get, get the lead. Yeah, I think just touching on what Dave said then, obviously we um we come out of the blocks. I mean, I remember looking at their team and obviously looking at Elias Chair, Chris Willock and players, Lyndon Dykes, you do always think, oh God, they on them on form could cause us a little bit of problems. But I did look at their back line and I said, I fancy us to cause them problems today. I did not think their back line was a, a confident back line. And I remember seeing a lot of their fans on Twitter saying like, oh no, we're missing like three or four of our back four players that they've got a player called Kenneth Parr, who's a really good fullback for them. He wasn't playing and they had a couple of players sort of in midfield as well. So I did think, you know, we can keep the top end of the pitch quiet, which we did pretty much all game and we take it to them. We'll score. And then obviously, like you said, we, we, we had Cal down the side, obviously he tried to outpace Ethan Laird, who's, who's a very quick fullback. Um, Managed to use skill to keep it in, then got that lucky deflection <laughs> going on to Allen's sort of final final distribution in the box that lets him down. He, he obviously got away with one there. Ideally, he'd have been the one that you wanted to slot it in, but it went to Vic and he just touched it and just completely sold Jake Sarklota, didn't he? Uh, Clark Sarklota, sorry. And it was nice to see that actually put him on his put him on his backside and then stick it in the back of the net and slide over to the corner in his usual celebration to say, I'm the man and I'm here. And it was a, it was a good start. <laughs> 
Yeah, he loves loves scoring in front of the corner, doesn't he? Yeah, he loves it over there. It's brilliant. He loves that difference in celebration between his first goal and second. Second, he didn't celebrate massively, but <laughs> yeah. the first one, he absolutely lost his head, didn't he, in front of the corner? Yeah, he must love he it, it shooting that way. Yeah, he does every time he's there. He, you, you can see he, he either does a uh, where he just sticks his arms out, or he, he likes to give a tap on the chest and then point to the floor sometimes to let people know that he's he, he's the he's the man and he's here. So yeah, he's he has some good celebrations. But yeah, it was a, it was a cracking start by us to be fair. And I think after that, the first half we probably could have been two or three in it. Look, to be honest, if we'd have took more of our our chances. Yeah, what did you make of the rest of the first half, Dave? Do you think we should have got further ahead there? Yeah, I think a big a big one was that we were sort of olaying at 35 minutes gone or something like that. Yeah, and I think, look, at the end of the day, I'm not a massive fan of that because it can come back and bite you on the, the backside. But actually, in, in a way, it's what the game needed because they just couldn't really get anywhere near us. And, and actually, for that period, then we kept the ball. And I think it just kind of made... QPR think we're really up against it today and rather than having the opposite effect of them thinking right we're gonna have a good go they kind of recalled into their shower bit and I think that they were just they were more so worried about like Ross said about our attacking you know prowess that they were so worried about conceding that they couldn't really focus on anything else but just trying to keep keeping the game and and um you know those people down and pressure rather than actually creating chance themselves. So yeah, agree with Ross, a couple of chances that we could have, could have made, you know, made more of, but we just looked at a bit of a canter. Um, don't get me wrong. We always need that second goal, but we just seem to have an extra man on the pitch. We always found someone, everyone was passing and moving. And I, I think it, it was like chalk and cheese. We were tails were really up and QPR just couldn't seem to really get, get in the game. And the longer it went on, I think the more frustrated they got, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. I think I think they came out and looked a little bit better second half and, and gave it a bit of a go. Obviously, they had that, that chance that Wilson tipped over the bar. Brilliant for him, you know, to, to make a save like that when he's called upon, when he probably didn't have his busiest game. Um, but that was obviously a key moment as well, Ross. Yeah, it was, um, I think, one, like I said earlier on, I think one thing we've improved this year is game management. I think um, last year we'd have tried to have keep playing like we were and then ended up getting counter-attacked and not scoring. Whereas Robbins knew and has known this year that when we need to sit in and just sit as, as a group and defend and then allow our four, I think Carl McFadden said it, when you know you've got your forward players like we have up top, you know they're going to create at least one or two chances in, in a second half. And it was quite evident that we were, we were catching. I think uh, Robbins touched upon it. Hamer had one where they had a corner and we broke from it um, and he was running with it and he had Gok and O'Hare to his left and Allen to his right and if he'd have just picked the right pass in that moment with O'Hare and Gok we'd have probably been in then and and, and got that got the second a lot earlier but yeah it was um it was definitely sort of a wow my mate said it as well a wow managed managed game second half where I think we were almost comfortable to let them come at us and it took a long ranged effort from a centre half which Ben Wilson obviously had to make a, a great save and it was to be honest it was probably a match winning game save to be honest with you because if they'd have scored that they'd have probably somehow got confidence from nowhere and would have really took it to us for the last 10-15 minutes so yeah it was it was a really big save and it was it was a well managed sort of game plan if that if that makes sense yeah exactly especially with the number of fans in the away end you know one one chance like that that goes in and it just the whole yeah. thing turns around everyone in the home end gets really nervous and it's different reflection isn't it but definitely but um but yeah we 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 managed it really well like you say and we actually killed the game off in the 79th minute 
um, O'Hare involved again, a lovely ball through to Vic, though he, you know, had no one really around him and he's just hit it per- first time into the corner. You know, a man in form isn't going to miss from there, is he, Dave? No. Like, you know, didn't have lots to do, but made it look pretty easy. The build-up play um, before before it, it broke down was, was great and then it was a little bit scrappy in there. But I think, again, it just goes to show that they just couldn't really... They couldn't follow runners or anything. They just looked all over the place at times, QPR. And I think it's a testament to us, you know, going forward. Um, and O'Hare, just brilliant. I think he's given us so much since being back. Um, it's really important that we carry the ball 30, 40 yards and O'Hare does that. Whereas I think before Vic was quite isolated because we were pinging balls up to him. Whereas O'Hare now, he does carry the ball um, and he can draw two or t- two defenders away from it. And, and he did it again, um, draw the defenders away and Vic was in just a slot home. And and like I say, the goal needed, you know, the game needed a second goal. Um, and it's, it's brilliant that we've, you know, scalped just another really big team in the championship again. Yeah, absolutely. And interestingly, Ross, no subs from Mark Robbins in this game. I read on Twitter, um, only the second time in 285 games in his second spell that this has happened. Um, the only other one being Fulham away last season. So don't know why it feels like there's been more than than two. But um, yeah, interestingly, whether it's because of the break or anything like that, but he obviously felt like that was the team that can, could see the game out here. Yeah, I think um, Robbins, from, from, well, from my sort of perspective, he's very Mr. Reluctant, reluctant sorry, with uh, with substitutes, isn't he? I think we we sometimes want them a bit sooner than what he what he might do in games. Um, but yeah, definitely, I think people were saying, "Oh, did he drop Palmer?" But I don't think it was a case of Palmer got dropped. Yeah, he didn't have the greatest game going forwards against Wigan, but he was still very good off the ball and he's off the ball play and being there and his his physical presence. So I don't think it was a case of that. I just think that he knew Jamie Allen had had a rest in the week and sort of only got twenty minutes, and he knew that he was more than capable of playing ninety minutes. And to be honest with you, that was probably overall the best game I'd seen Alan play in a cov shirt in my opinion because he was picking up good positions but he was allowing Hamer to be the more forward person and getting into the box which is kind of what I want to see in the second half of the season a bit more with Alan I want him to be that edge sitter who keeps the ball ticking with Sheaf and I'd rather Gus go more forward and get into the box with with O'Hare or Palmer and, and Gott because I feel Try like telling that box. to Alan he's been our most forward player hasn't he like I know yeah he's so I, much I think, this season I think I think bar QPR he's was the only time that he's he's not been in the box as much I think he was picking yeah. up more um, more like wide positions, if that makes sense, if in that game. And I think that suits him quite well. When we stretch the stretch, sort of stretch the game as a three, Gus will always look for that out sort of ball for him. And the minute he gets that, then Eccles or someone will try and overlap from the right. And it is quite a clever little bit of movement. It's something I like that he does. But yeah, we um we 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 fared well with it. And I think Robbins knew what he was doing, not making a sub in that game. And obviously not having a game for a month now probably does factor into it. And he might have thought, you know, these are the 11 that I want mm. 90 minutes from really before before the break and to just not give them 60 minutes because it'll be their last sort of competitive 90 minutes now for over a month. So, yeah. If someone at home in on Twitter has compiled a heat map of Jamie Allen so far this season, <laughs> then we'd be, uh, we'd be fond readers of it, I think. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see, wouldn't it? Um, but it's great that you touched there, Ross, on, on Eccles. Um, 
you know, picking up those wide positions. It, I think I think he's he's done that really really well so far in, in the games that he's played, um, and it gives us another outlet as well. Mm. So. He got um, team of the week as well. I don't know if chap saw just just now came out. Yeah, yeah. he has. He got I mean, team of the week. To get in that is you know it's no mean. I mean, obviously Yacht gets in it most weeks. So that's that's the standard. But yeah, but uh, for easy Photoshop that, job is, for is them. A pretty, isn't it? pretty good achievement for him. Yeah, he's. I think I think Eccles, like I said earlier on, um, <laughs> at the Wigan game, he's he's playing out of position. But the one thing that I like about him, I think his distribution is fantastic. I mean, he's he's now he should actually have three assists in a row near enough because when we played Blackburn, he got the one for Allen. Obviously he didn't get one against um, Watford. He wasn't really involved in that, but then he against Wigan, he got the one up the line for Gok, which counts as an assist that ball up the channel. And and then obviously Saturday, he had the one where he crossed it in for Gok's hat trick, where he headed it just at the goalie. And obviously the goalie made a, a good save, but I think if Gok would have headed it, any of the other place, it would have probably found the net and he'd have been going home with the, with the match ball and it would have been three nil. But yeah, I think, Josh Eccles' distribution out wide is is fantastic. He, he's got such a better eye for where to put the ball than someone like Dabo or, or a Todd Kane has in that instance. I think probably when he gets it, he's our best player and you can see his midfield kind of attributes as a, as a centre midfielder and a Hamer type of player out there that he always looks for the right pass in those situations and it's it's reaping rewards of us because we're scoring goals from balls that he's putting in and, and things like that. So yeah, definitely he had a great game. We've changed quite a bit, haven't we, with that? So yeah. I think a lot of people were saying, well, why we keep on going forward with the wing back if we're not playing wing backs? And I think what happened with with Dabo, definitely when we had the left side, when you go back to things like Giles and McCallum, we've always played with these really high wing backs and they always had the ability to beat a man, which meant yeah. they actually become isolated. Whereas actually I think people support Eccles more because he's not a natural wing back. Yeah, definitely. Um, and he's more a traditional sort of left uh, right back. He, he plays those little one twos with people and creates chances to cross that way. Whereas I think when Dabo used to get the ball, he was isolated and people used to just be like, well, go on then. There you go. You've got bags of pace to beat a man, go and do it. And actually that wasn't happening. We we know Dabo's form has, has dropped off and, and perhaps that's for many reasons, injuries being one of them. But I think with Eccles and Bidwell, they're much more traditional in the way that they go forward. And actually the, the, the final product's becoming a lot better, I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And um, Dave, who was your who's your man of the match Saturday? <laughs> you just can't say anyone other than Vic, can you? That's the, the thing. It's uh it's very difficult, but um, I think everyone really had a fantastic game and uh, a big shout out to Eccles who, you know, has really grown into that right back role. And it's um, going to be difficult for Dabo to get back in once he's um, fully fit. Ross? Am I allowed to give a joint one? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you can. I'm going to so go there's, Eccles. There's, there's, there's I'll, plenty I'll, of sitting on the fence on this pod. Don't worry about that. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'm going to go for Eccles because I thought he was outstanding on Saturday. I thought he's really, really good. Um, and also a man that I'm critical of and I've just spoken about a minute ago, Jamie Allen. Uh, Jamie Allen was was brilliant. I really like the positions. he. I, I, I feel like sometimes with Allen, because he runs so much, 
he sometimes is almost like a headless chicken, but he almost had that composure to be like, right, instead of just running after the ball, let me pick up wide positions and stretch the game, which QPR didn't like us doing at all. That was when they really struggled against us, was when we were pulling their centre-halves out the way and he was picking up really nice positions, which were allowing O'Hare to almost pick up other positions and Hamer to go on forward and also having like the overlap with, with Eccles down the side. Um, so I'm going to give a joint to, to Eccles and, and Alan. I couldn't really pick between either of them because I picked Vic in the last one. So <laughs> yeah, no, fair, fair enough justification there. Um, and Ross, great to see 23,000 inside the CBS. Um, obviously a wonderful atmosphere as well. Uh, probably felt like one of the, the best atmospheres we've had for, for a good while in there. Yeah, I think I think really since the I know Blackburn game, we we wasn't as many up there, but the atmosphere was starting to build. Then when we beat Wigan, um, we were starting to hear songs like EIEIO up the football league. We haven't sung that all season. I mean, we used to sing that all the time last year. I remember me and my wait, my mate said, God, we've not heard that one for a while when we first sung it, because it's been so long since we've sung it. And then on Saturday again, we were singing loads of songs like EI the same song again. And you know, it it, it did feel almost like how it was last year you know we were singing we are top of the league and we, we were playing that free-flowing football it had that that feel to it and I think Twitter is the prime example every week you go on there and all you see about Coventry home fans whether there's 16 20 23k it doesn't really matter all you see is plaudits to Coventry fans they don't stop singing all game it's impossible to come and be in a way support here um and try and sing if, with with the corner and that side of the ground singing all game. It, it, they'd have to be something really, really special to come and out sing us because we are mm. we are a different breed of fans as I touched upon earlier. So yeah, definitely it was it was nice to see. And hopefully after the break, I mean I know obviously it's coming up to Christmas, but fingers crossed with people having a month off now, it's a bit of chance to save some money that we can keep getting those those gates through. Because I think Robbins has said so many times the twelfth man for for us as a club is is so important in our home games and I said this year we need to pick up a lot more points at home than we did last year because we started off so well and then we just really dipped off at home towards the end of last season but it's gone vice versa this year we've started off poorly and now we've started to get better so long may that continue at home and long may the uh the gates continue to rise at the uh, at the cbs yeah dave i was gonna say can you see those gates sort of creeping up a little bit after the break with a bit of momentum behind us now yeah, I mean, I've got to echo what Ross said, really. it's um, It's been fantastic for a couple of seasons. I can't ever remember it ever being like this, to be honest. Yeah. Um, even, yeah. you know, when you think back to days when we had Chelsea in the Cup and those sort of days, yeah, there were some one-offs, but week in, week out now, it's a fantastic atmosphere. And the more that that gets talked about, the that is the reason why crowds will grow, actually. Not just because of the football. The results definitely help. Um, and And that's what we saw last season that when we were sort of at the top of the table, people were coming, but I think that atmosphere, it, it you know, they, they, they'll be talking about it at school. They'll be talking about it in the pub and, and they'll be saying, well, you know, why don't you get back up? It's been ages since you've been. And I think that, that will be ultimately the one that, that grows. Um, and yeah, I can, you know, maybe not where we would, we would not like, but where we, you know, we'd want to see it completely filled out. Um, but we could definitely, easily sort of you know be getting consistently around the sort of 22 23 um and for big games it, it, even more I, I think with with bigger away followings as well so um yeah can definitely see it and, and like Ross said let's hope that people um save up some money get some shirts for Christmas and have a reason to wear them you're listening to Sky Blues Extra
We'll move on and talk a little bit about the, the season so far um, as a whole. Obviously, not, not quite halfway through um, the season, probably about a third of the way through. But um, just wanted to touch on, you know, what, what's happened so far. Obviously, for perspective, on the 16th of October, I think it was after the Cardiff game, we were obviously bottom of the league um, on 10 points, which is mad to think about that. Um, fourth from safety and we were 12 points off the playoffs. Um, we now sit 11th uh, on 29 points, two points off the playoffs and obviously still have those those two games in hand. Um, Ross, it's been quite an unbelievable few weeks, really, hasn't it, to get to this point? Yeah, as I said to you earlier, I think uh, what I said to you on, on WhatsApp has, uh, has definitely come into favour and come to come to bite me, bite me where the sun don't shine. I think uh, they've really, they've really, um, they've really kind of, I think as Robbins touched upon, I think a lot of people listened to it, but they didn't necessarily um, think too much into it, but definitely the destructive start of the season was such a key as to why we weren't playing as well. And I think that's evidently obvious. The minute that we managed to get a string of games together, we just suddenly went from, all right, we're, we're bottom, but we're only two points off third bottom. Then it was, all oh, we're third bottom now. We're only a couple of points off getting up to 19th. Then it was, all oh, we're 19th. Can we go up to 15th? And then suddenly, like you said, we're we're now 11th. And we, we, with those two games in hand, we could actually go fourth, I think someone said. And it, it just shows But the, the thing with this league is we can never get too carried away because if you look at the margins, although we seem so far from the bottom, we're also so close. We're only six points from dropping back in there again. And I think that's what a lot of fans need to realise is that, yes, we've got this momentum, but we are still going to lose games and go through periods where we have a really tough spell of losing two or three in a row. And it's just about getting behind this team and making sure, like you said, that we know what they can do on their day. We've seen it so far and just pushing them through it and trying to keep in there. But if we could pick up a couple of results, I think it's Reading, then Swansea and West Brom, isn't it? The two home games. I think those two home games are, are crucial in that as well against a good Swansea team. If we can get something there and then in almost kind of a local derby against, against the Baggies, pick something up, I think we'll be in very good stead then going into that Christmas period and New Year. And it will also hopefully help with keeping the lights of a, a Vic at the club then during that window. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Dave, what can you pinpoint in terms of the upturn in form? Do you put it down to like what Ross said about the, obviously the adversity we faced and then once we got going, we were fine or has there been anything else that you think has, has had a real impact in, in this uh, run of form? Playing games um, and well, sorry, not playing games is obviously not going to help. Um, so we were well behind the curve and I think, you know, we did look leggy at times against uh, in the earlier games in the season. Um, we were never playing bad. We never played. We we should have got something um, more, I think, from Sunderland. We obviously all know we should have beat uh, Millwall. So the performances were there. The thing that I feel has changed is definitely that sort of, I'm never not saying it's never gone, but that camaraderie in the dressing room seems to have um, you know, it's changed, flipped really. The, the the morale has gone from being a bit down in the dumps and, and conceding goals where we perhaps wouldn't concede before um, to a complete change. I think the 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 resilience that we showed against Watford, we weren't showing that in the earlier games. Like we were just like, you're not going to score. You could be here until you know tomorrow, and you're still not going to get it in the net. Whereas I think some of the early games we just weren't as resilient. Um, and, and that's ultimately, I think, what is, I don't think we've been bad at all all season. We just wasn't putting the ball in the back of the net. Um, we had a lot of different injuries. I think Callow Hare's given us a lot more. I think Sheaf has 
Um, you know, he, he started the season well, but I think he's really, we're having a run of games for him. And he he's, I think, a key player for us in terms of defensively. So, I think it's probably yeah a lot of a lot of little factors, um, but I think it's just that belief that that um, they were going to get you know they're going to win every game that they go into. Whereas I think at the start of the season they perhaps didn't have that. They were feeling a little bit, uh, you know, we've been unlucky with the pitch and we haven't played. So they were, you know, and that's easy to do, right? There's a lot lot of distractions at the start of the season, um, and without those distractions now, um, they've they've completely changed the way that they've uh, you know outlook. Yeah, and obviously Dave's squad depth will be important. Um, it gives us a chance, as as it does other teams, but to get a few players back, um, you know, we've got we've got a handful of players out out with injury. Um, you know, the likes of Godden, Waghorn, Dabo, um, which Kelly, as we talked about, gives him a chance to to you know to get really fit. So it could be a different picture squad depth wise, couldn't it, when we come back and it just gives us a few more options. Hundred percent. Just having bodies in in, you know positions and playing for positions so if if Kelly's at, back to somewhere full fitness that gives other people a f- to think about he's skipper he's club captain um regardless of what your performance is if they start to drop there's people to go in um we've not even talked around you know Tavares who's been unlucky to perhaps uh, not have featured at the start of the season um and like you say Dabo is going to be chomping at the bit to get that right back position back so the position and um squad depth is important because people who have to be playing for their places and not feel like they're going to be on the, the team sheet each week um, for me is, is is huge. But also we're going to be back to that relentless Tuesday, Saturday schedule, which we just know we need extra players. And, and I think, yeah, you were saying earlier about Kelly, absolutely agree. Not only will he be able to come and sort of park the bus for 10 minutes, 15 minutes if he has to. Having him back in the fold and back in the change room on a regular basis with these youngsters is just going to be absolutely huge. And, you know, you heard the interview from Fads on the weekend. He still calls him Skip uh, and rightly show. You know, it shows the sort of um, how how much respect he commands in the dressing room. And and that's important as much as, as his playing presence. Mm. And obviously January is going to come around pretty quickly, Ross. Um, you know, big question marks around some of our big assets, whether we can hang on to them. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think we can hang on to them again? Or do you think there's a possibility that a couple might go? And those contract situations are, are interesting, aren't they? With with the likes of Vic and Hamer, et cetera. If it's all if buts and maybes, mate, isn't it? We we can all sit and say, oh, you know, I saw earlier on it, it did make me laugh. A Sunderland fan saying that they need to go in for Gokeres, and I just thought to myself, it's just going to be endless amounts of teams who think they could just come and nab him off us. Do you know what I mean? It's it's like when Luton fans the other week thought they could get Mark Robbins off us. It's just you know, we always have this speculation with Coventry City. It's no other way. It's always been the same since I was a young child till now. I'm 24. It's it's always going to continue to be that way as well especially while we've got the owners that we have in charge we're never going to have concrete settlement knowing that we can offer people money and things like that that other that other clubs on and I guess it's just a part of football and a part of life being in football with how it is nowadays so I think it's a difficult question I think ideally I'd like us to slap another 10,000 on Gokarez's contract if we can fork that from somewhere and say stay till the end of the season and sign another year deal and then get rid of him in the summer because I think if we're going to have a chance at going to the playoffs this year I think or even pushing keeping him would be key but I also think Robbins knows that's plan A but I also think he has plan B in the back of his mind as 
he's going to have been told the fee that they're going to require from a team for him and then how much of that money he's going to have got. He'll have been asking that question, and especially now he'll have time during the period where he'll speak with Body and the owners, hopefully, obviously, as, as the situation goes on with the CBS as well. He'll probably be saying, you know, what, what position am I going to find myself in if, if a Gok or realistically it probably is going to be him out of the three because he's probably worth the most money out of the three at the moment as well. If he does go where, how am I going to be able to allocate that money and, and how much am I going to sort of be open to? But ideally, if we keep him, I'd like to see the money from, from Holmes wages. I'd like to see a free agent in, maybe in the defensive area. I'd like to see a free agent sort of centre-half come in for that latter part of the season. I think, obviously, Doyle, as you've said, is a, is a good talent. But I think in some games, the more he plays, he's still only like 19 years old. He could do with an experienced head, another McFadston in there that we can we can slot in. And we all know that Rose can get injured. And then if we can potentially get a, a lone wing back where we had Adaramola, and obviously we all know how that ended, up if we can fill that slot in on the left and get some more direct pace in that position um, I think those two positions with the squad that we have now we should hopefully when Godden and Waghorn etc get back to full fitness we should hopefully stead, stead well for that latter part of the season but we'll, we'll just have to see how it pans out really mate I, I have no expectations it could go either either or all really if if someone comes in for him and they hit anywhere near the the, the bid price I think it's a done deal. Uh, I I don't I don't deny that um, Jokeres loves playing at the CBS, loves yeah. the commentary fans, but basically he's probably going to go up 10, 10, 15 grand probably with this move, regardless the of the rest. money he makes on, regardless of the money he makes on you know the sign on fees and uh, and and whatever. Um, it's just whether there's a club out there that are. Um, in a position to either trying to break into that, which I don't know how that works, trying to break into the premiership. So I'm trying to think of the teams that would actually suit him um, and who would come in for him. The only thing I can think is like a Norwich that just throw, you know, throw that they haven't spent loads, to be honest, since they came down. So they've got a bit of money to spend. Um, whether they would look at that, but, you know, they've got two preferred strikers. There's not many teams in the championship that can actually go and get him. So it's other, other than that, it's a team in the premiership that need to stay up. Mm. Uh, and again, you know, they're Probably few and though. far between. Well, yeah, but in terms of the ones that will fit, there's a lot of talking about Everton, isn't there? And that's the, the team. Sadly, if they'd have been hit in form, then they would have been nowhere near him. But actually, if they're looking at how can they, get a few extra points out of the rest of the season then he might be someone that they'd they'd look at and and the budgets will 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 basically determine what what happens I think um yeah some some mad stuff happens in January doesn't it I remember last year Bournemouth were just splashing the cash they saw Keith oh, Moore like way overinflated oh yeah De- so, Sariki Dembele as well was another one yeah, from yeah. Peterborough as well they just went and bought him I don't think he plays for them anymore so it's it's just I think the only team really that could in the championship that would worry me is if Blackburn sold Brera and Diaz because I think they'd get yeah. a lot of money for him. They might just think, you know what, forget this. Let's just go and spend 20 million on Gokeres and just go yeah. and bring him in straight away. I think that's the only championship team that have got an asset really that could compete with the sale of what Gokeres could because they they value 
Brera and Diaz roughly where we do between that 20 to 30 million values yeah, and really Everton or point. someone yeah. did come in for him I think they would just naturally think Dom Hyam would be a key factor in that as well as trying to get him to come along he's played with him before and he'd, he'd tell the manager his qualities and, and what he's like as a, as a guy anyway and I think they'd just say look we've lost Brera and Diaz for 30 million here's 25 million for Gokeres and just take the 5 million profit and then try and obviously go up because if they're in that top 6 bit they're going to need that, that, fo- that focal point up front and they know he can do that in this league so I think that's the only championship club that would really worry me getting Gokeres I think if it's going to be anywhere it's going to be a Leeds or an Everton or someone of that calibre that's going to come in for him and and try and turn that 24-25 year old striker who's been a good championship level player into a Premier League player and get them the points they need to stay in that division for another year Yeah, and just competition isn't it if if they do those lower teams get someone in they say look we've signed this player he's going to come in and take your spot if you don't start you know putting your finger out Um, let's hope it's a quiet January last season like Tom said was at absolutely mental there's a cost of living crisis on so hopefully yeah. some of the football clubs are being the pinch as well yeah they've got, got to keep the floodlights on haven't they so exactly yeah. the first priority yeah exactly um ross who's been your player of the season so far um it's a difficult one uh, she's been outstanding in games but then he's also had games where he's not been skeptical but he's not been as good as what he could be um alan obviously everywhere else for me apart from his final third is the bit that's let him down on a, a lot this season. I know he's got a couple of goals recently, but he does miss a hell of a lot of chances as well. Um, and I think that's the one area that he's trying to look to improve on. Um, but for me, I'm just going to have to go with with our big Swede. I think I think he's just carried us through games. I, I, it sounds bad, and I don't want to sound like we're a one horse team and that we rely on him. But when we didn't have Hamer and O'Hare, <laughs> and yeah, when when Palmer wasn't fully fit, when O'Hare wasn't fit, and when we had no Hamer because he was constantly getting suspended for three or four games. We we had him. He was the out ball and he was the one that we just wanted to run and score. And I think if we didn't have him, we'd have a lot less points than we do now, <laughs> so to speak. So uh, I, I think I'm going to have to give it to, to Gok and, and long may it continue because I, I do think he's, a, he's an outstanding footballer. And I actually enjoy watching him more and more every week. I think he's got so much better this year than he was last year as well. And that's one thing I've noticed that a lot of people seem to almost think he's just carried it on, but he hasn't. I think he's improved so many aspects and the one that you said about him being too wide in games last year he always used to drift out of games we'd cross the ball in the box Todd Kane would be an example of there'd just be no one in the box and I think well why are we crossing it there when our big six foot two Swedish guys stood on the on the left wing whereas this year classic example is O'Hare's in that wide position ball drops Gokeres gets it gets it on the half turn Sal's Clark's out for a hot dog and bangs it in the back of the net whereas last year he'd have probably been the one that was on the ball where O'Hare was and O'Hare would have been the one in the box so I think for him he's improved as a player overall and I, I just can't deny that he has really has saved us a lot of points mm. this year so definitely the big Swede for me Dave who'd you go for? It's pretty much the same I mean yeah. Ross has said it all um, the, the only thing I'd say is I, I agree to a certain extent on Sheaf but I think he's got a really difficult role I think yeah, he's probably possibly. the only defensive player um, and I think he's actually left um, hung out to dry quite a lot to be honest, uh, definitely in the start of the season, I think he was. And some of the times when he was breaking things down and still getting a foot in and like hassling players, I think we could, you know, I think we could have conceded more 
but you know on, on the contrary of that but yeah I mean Vic like you say he's been a, a stalwart when we've had other players that have either been suspended um, or just haven't been up to scratch or fit um, he's been the the one sort of focal point there that's that's been able to get us points on the board um, and ultimately the strikers are always the ones that take the plaudits so. <laughs> Dave who's your who's your most improved most improved this season, I think, has got to go to Ben Wilson. Um, he could have easily got that chance um, when, you know, when when Moore wasn't playing well um, and he came out of the team. He could have got that chance and sort of not panicked, but kind of threw it away, I think, you know, and, and given Robbins an even harder decision to say, well, when do I now? But he's he's grown so much um, throughout the last couple of weeks, not just the, the season. Um, they said they did a lot of work with him on the coaching pitch and you, you can see that that's happened. He's much more confident at Kamani's box. He's not come for any balls where he shouldn't be coming for. Yes, he still has a few moments, but don't all goalkeepers. I think we've always said you've always got to be a bit mad to put your head in front of, you know, a size nine foot that's swinging at the ball. So I, I think um, he's been, yeah, he's been the most improved for, for me, but there's a lot of players that could fall into that category. Mm. Ross, who would you go for? going to throw a bit of a spanner in the works here. I'm going to go with Jake Bidwell. Um, I yeah. think sure. forward play, I'm a big critic of him and it's something he does need to improve. He, he does run sometimes like he's got tarmac stuck to his back and he, he can be slow. Um, but his defensive work has been so good this year. Last year, he got caught sleeping a lot. I remember his debut against QPR at home and he actually gave the goal that they won away because Adoma beat him, uh, Albert Adoma beat him to a header at the back post. But I don't actually think I've seen him. I think bar the Sunderland game where he was a bit slow to getting out to the ball for their cross. I don't actually think he's... He's actually been took on to con- almost to concede a goal, really. I think he's been really good. I mean, Saturday against QPR, they were getting a ball down the right when it was, um, I think it was in the first half uh, towards the end. And he, he kept getting in the way of the balls and, and clearing. There was one that they whipped him from the uh, from their left-hand side and he managed to get this header away. And it's little things like that. I think, although Martson was a lot better than him, on the ball and getting forwards and we do miss a Martin type of player that I'd like us to bring in as an alternative. I think defensively Bidwell is a lot better and he has improved his defensive game and he he is trying to get forward a lot more and he is trying to get involved. I know he did a little flick to O'Hare on Saturday for the first goal down the line, but as, as a whole, I, I can't actually really, really fault Bidwell for his defensive work this year. And for me, he, he's probably been the most improved player in a, in a City shirt this year. And, and long may it continue. And he, he he hopefully starts to improve that forward play. And we, we'd have a decent, solid little left wing back in our locker. So, yeah. Yeah, well, fingers crossed. And hopefully we can carry on the form after the World Cup break. Um, that's all we've got time for this evening, chaps. Uh, thanks a lot for joining me as always. Uh, listeners, do make sure you book your space at the Sky Blue Tavern for the World Cup. They are going to be screening all of the games. So do get down there to have a beer and a curry and obviously enjoy all of the action. Um, we'll be back in a few weeks' time to review the Reading game. But in the meantime, if you'd like to get involved in the conversation, then all you need to do is use the hashtag SBE podcast. Thanks for listening to the Sky Blues Extra podcast. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery 
Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.